1: So tonight I want to share a message with you very briefly of something that will help you. How many of you like to receive a little bit of help? And, and you know, many of you may know a little bit of my story that I've had the honor and privilege of being mentored by Pastor Mike Connell for over 15 years. So when you are mentored by Mike, Pastor Mike Connell, how many know that you're gonna to have to deal with some things? <laughs> you're gonna be on the front row, you're gonna be in the altar, and you're gonna receive some ministry. So I've realized that there's something very profound when we say yes to Jesus and yes to process. And so tonight I want to share a message that I believe that will help you. Uh, Because how many of you know that, you know, sometimes we can be in a place of being stuck and not realizing that we're stuck. Think of... I don't know if you've ever heard the story of, a, of a, 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 how they would groom uh, elephants from the time that they're, they're small or they're a baby. Maybe some of you are familiar with the story, but it goes like this, that a, a baby elephant, when it's working with a trainer, the trainer will use a small rope to wrap around its first, its, its, one of its feet or, or legs and hold it down. And so that rope is strong enough to hold the baby. And so as the baby grows, they continue to have the rope along the baby, right? so no matter how old the baby as it grows into an adult what ends up happening is what that it actually it has them confined to the rope if you will so they're, they're actually confined to the rope. So their mindset is that they can't actually break free. So if you look at an elephant that is full grown in those kinds of contexts is what ends up happening is that they are still under the mindset that they can't break free from the rope, though very logically you can see that if it were to pull away, that completely it can break out of the rope, right? But how many of you know that sometimes that is also true for us in the way that we believe, that there are certain things in life that have restricted our way of thinking that we are li- living in a limited mindset that God wants to transform in your life tonight. How many of you would like that? The reality is, is that the enemy is after our hearts because why it's in the heart is where we believe things. That's, that's exactly why the enemy, if he can go in and break your heart and create a stronghold in your heart, then he knows that he has you. Simply, what is a stronghold? It is a mindset of hopelessness that there's no way out of the circumstance there's no way to change so therefore it becomes a stronghold it has a strong hold in your mind right so if you think of the reality is is that we've all experienced pain in our life if you've never been hurt can you lift up your hand cuz i'd love for you to pray for all of us yeah 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 that's what i thought like we've all all of us have been hurt at some point in our lives and oftentimes because we don't know what to do with it our parents didn't show us didn't teach us how to manage pain or how to process pain rather we learn how to control pain but we use a nice word called managing pain and we do it one of two ways we oftentimes will either stuff the pain so aka sweeping it under the rug and, and, and just hoping that it would be that it would go away and the mindset goes something like this. Eh, it's not a big deal, right? How many of us like something hurt us and our deflection is to say it's not a big deal. Or n- number two, the other thing that we do is that we ignore the pain. So it's just something where we say, you know what? I don't even go there. Like, just don't go there. It's, it, it's not important enough for us to go there. Or, uh, you know, staying busy. And, and, and that's the way that we try to ignore the pain. Have you ever said the term? And I've definitely said it as well. It is what it is. It is what it is, right? And so basically that's a, a, a self-confession of there's no way out of this circumstance or situation. So it's like I've relinquished control. It is what it is. And so I'm accepting a stronghold in my mind. I know it gets, you're all going to be checking yourselves now when you start saying it is what it is. <laughs> And the, the, the reality is, is that the, the, that pain remains in our heart in manageable pieces. But the problem with these pieces that are broken in our hearts is it actually gives the enemy access into our lives to create strongholds, strongholds of fear, strongholds of anxiety, strongholds of just pressure around our lives. I don't know about you, but I've been speaking to a lot of people recently who's been feeling a lot of pressure around their lives, feeling overwhelmed around their lives, feeling like, how am I going to get through this, right? So what is the, the enemy will, will, if you will, manipulate pain sources in our lives to get us to be locked into that stronghold. The reality is, is that the heart was never meant or built to contain pain. It was actually built to process pain, not to contain it. So the title of my message tonight is the promise of process, the promise, a process. In Psalm 84, verse 6, in case you all thought I did not come with a scripture, <laughs> it, says, it says it like this. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. Uh, another translation says it like this. When they walk through the valley of weeping, a.k.a. there's pain that's, that's, that, that's in their world, in our world, it will become a place of a, a refreshing springs. The autumn rain will clothe it with blessing. So I'm here tonight to tell you that if you would quit ignoring and, and bearing the pain, that there will be an opportunity for you to process the pain and come through the other side of it. Amen. I, on the other side is a promise of victory that will be a spring of a, that will bring refreshing to you. But notice that this passage also says that it will become a pool. A pool is, if you will, it's it's a reservoir, a blessing to other people. So in just a few moments, I'm going to share a story with you that brought healing and restoration into my life, but is now serving as a pool, a blessing to help other people. And so that is the very reason why. Why we commit to process that's the very reason why we commit to working through pain and processing pain I know this isn't like a, a, a fun subject but it's the it'll transform your life and this is a house of transformation and I don't know about you but I've experienced so much transformation since I said yes to awaken church and ever since that God brought me here I've experienced transformation is there anyone that can relate to that so I am so grateful for Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, who's just created such an, a tremendous atmosphere for us to experience transformation in life, and life more abundantly. And, and wherever we're at in life, that there's an opportunity for us to go into the next space, if we would say yes, to processing. What I love about it is this. Number one, we're able to encounter God. How many you know that when you go through difficult things, it causes you to go into the presence of God, and then you actually get to experience Him. And as you experience him, you get to get healed, you get free, you get restored. Like there, I mean, it's just, it's it's a win, win, win when we actually say yes, isn't it? Number two, I find this, that many times we're believing God for promises. How many of you guys have been believing God for a promise for uh, maybe like just maybe a few months, some promise that you're believing God for? How many of you have been believing God for a promise for a really long time? (laughs) Does so it mean more hands go up? Right. So, so, so sometimes some of the promises that we're waiting for God for is that God is waiting for you to tear down the strongholds that are in your heart that is blocking that promise from coming, because the reality is is that all the promises of God are yes and amen. God is not prohibiting the promise from coming to pass. So then the question becomes, is it the devil? Or is there something in my world, in my space, that's prohibiting that promise from coming to pass? (laughs) Hence why we've got to be committed to going through the process. It says it like this. This is a scripture that God's really just been speaking into my heart. In Hebrews 12, uh, we're going to read in the Passion Translation 1 to 3. As for us, we all have these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, so we must notice this, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. He his example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing. I love this that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross, conquered its humiliation and now sits at the right hand of the throne of the Father. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls for what purpose? so that you would not become worn down and cave under life's pressures. But notice at the verse 1 it says that you must let go. You must let go of every wound that weighs you down. So in other words, like we're called to run a race. We all have a lane that we're meant to run in. Right? And there's there's things that we want to achieve, there's things that we want to do, and sometimes the hindrance is there there's there's a wound, if you will, that we're holding on to that's prohibiting us from running the race that God has for us. So the question becomes is am i willing to let some things go tonight? Am I willing to, if, if I want to run the race that God has called me to run, it's going to require me to let some things go. What and, and what, what is the, what are those things? I, I noticed it, one of the things that says this this wound that holds you down, I did a deep dive of that and see what what was the context of this passage. And it literally speaks of, it's like it, a wound is like an arrow tip when it's lodged into something and it breaks off. So literally wounds are like arrow tips on the inside of us that prohibits us from running fully the race that god has for us so my question to you tonight is this how what what arrow tips are you carrying around Uh, what what arrow tips of maybe resentment maybe maybe it's unforgiveness maybe maybe it's trauma maybe it's just unresolved pain that you didn't know what to do with and and it's not wrong to ignore it it's not wrong to, to to bury it it's you did what you knew to do there is grace for that It's completely understandable. And I believe through the process of this message and the short time we have together that God is going to illuminate a couple of things that he may want you to lay aside in Jesus' name. Come on. If we want to run, we've got to deal with the arrow tips that are lodged in our lives. So number one, we've got to process our pain to restore our souls. Process our pain to restore our souls. So for me, one of the arrow tips that, that that I had to deal with, and this is recent, guys. This isn't like something like, well, 20 years ago when I was just a mess on wheels and on, on legs. No, now I'm just a mess on legs. Be there I was a mess on wheels, but right. But in, in that place, uh, just uh, just a year ago, that God began to reveal yet another layer because God is, is in the business of transforming the way that we think, the way that we feel, so don't allow it to discourage you. Don't be like, oh man, I thought I dealt with this. Well, no, now you're just going a little bit deeper. (laughs) Now you're just dealing with just a little bit more. And so just thank God that that he's bringing this up. And so for me, I lived a lot of my life feeling like such a a fear of failure and living with condemnation that I could not minister to, to people in a particular area because that particular area that I was still stuck in, that I was still bound up in, that I was still ashamed Named in. How many of you can relate what I'm talking about? That, you, that we, we live shut down in a particular area. So it may come to a surprise to you to know 23 years ago, I was a girl who was not walking with Jesus. I was a girl who lived a life that was very contrary to living, living a Christian life. And I found myself pregnant, and I didn't know what to do with that pregnancy. I didn't know wh- how I was going to come to terms with that. And I had so much shame and so much pain uh, that was just thinking, like, how in the world can I, can I even keep this, this, this baby? I, I don't even know how to, to, to even walk through this circumstance. And and I just remember just knowing that, that, that abortion was not an option for me, but I didn't want the pregnancy because I was afraid of what would happen. I was afraid of how this would impact my relationships and my world. And so I rejected the pregnancy. I didn't want the pregnancy. And all of those things led me to have a miscarriage. And so that miscarriage, to me, it came as a relief. And you know what? No one, not a soul, not a soul knew that I was pregnant. And actually, you guys are only probably the third or fourth group of people in this last year that knew that I was miscarried, that I had miscarriage. So welcome to a very small exclusive club now that's growing just a little bit bigger uh, within that. Thank you. So in that place, I just remember feeling just like relieved, relieved that now I don't have to tell anyone, now it can just stay a secret, and I just buried the pain of, of that miscarriage because I didn't know what to do with it, and I was very ashamed that if, if that people would reject who the father was, and just all the circumstances, there was just a lot of weight that was on me, and I know that this would resonate with some of the ladies in this room, that would resonate probably with even some of the men in this room of just not feeling conflicted in that moment, and, and just. Bearing it, and then I moved on with life. And it was actually that same year that I, I got saved, and you know, now it's like Jesus is my world, and my whole world radically changed because Jesus came in. But I didn't acknowledge this. This was something I didn't think about, I didn't talk about, and it wasn't until even maybe like five years ago, someone had made mention about miscarriages, and it's like it kind of quickened in my heart of like, oh yeah, but did I dare say anything at that point? No, I didn't want to say anything at all right? I just kept it quiet and and I just couldn't acknowledge it myself. Well, wouldn't you know that like we would just be, you know, because God is a God of process and because I've opened up my heart and say, God, whatever you want to do in my heart, I want you to transform me. I don't want to just preach something that I'm not actually living. I want to make sure if I'm talking about deliverance and inner healing, that I'm actually walking through it myself, Right? And so I remember I was actually, it was, it, was a, it was a Sunday, I was at Balboa campus, and I was actually doing lunch, and I believe with Kaylee, who's in the room, wherever she's at, there she is, and I was doing lunch with Kaylee, and we were having a conversation, she's my, she was my intern and now our missions administrator, just doing amazing, and uh, she's here, thank you so much, and um, I left lunch, And I started heading north on the 15. And as I was heading north on the 15, guys, this is like real time, like just a few months ago, not that long ago at all. All of a sudden, I hear the Lord just ask me, it was just a very simple question that he he posed back to me. And he said, Shelly, you never asked me if you had a boy or a girl. And it was just like, think of it, 22 years later, the Lord's asked me the question. I knew exactly what he was talking about. I knew exactly what he was referencing. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like, no, I I didn't even think about it. Like, God, and and all of a sudden it's just like the reality, the emotions, all the things, because now I'm open. My heart is open. I'm committed to process. There's the promise of process that that I'm saying yes to. And so all of a sudden he just says it as, as clear as day. His name is Zachary. And I thought, what in the world? Like, he's got a name, I have a boy, like, what's, you know, like, it was just, it was just happened, like, so quick. So me being the safe driver that I am, I pulled out my phone and, hey, Siri, what does Zachary mean? You know, because I wasn't texting technically. I mean, I was, right? <laughs> Come on, you all do the same thing, all right? So, so then all of a sudden, I was shocked to find out what does Zachary mean is that the Lord remembers. Oh guys, like I was a train wreck. Like I just began just to weep and weep and weep and weep and weep. And I knew in that moment, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to call my dad. So I call up Pastor Mike Connell and say, what do I do? Like, how do I, how do I work through this?" He's like, Shelly, you've got to grieve your boy. And so I just allowed that space of just being able to grieve him and acknowledge him and acknowledge that I had Zachary in my world. And, and you know, the, the, the emotions obviously were overwhelming. And obviously there was, so many things and feelings and stuff that had been you know that I hadn't been able to see in fact if there was other women who would come to me to want ministry in this arena I'd always defer them off to someone who did have a miscarriage who did acknowledge it who did work through it but I myself wouldn't minister in that area just being real and because I just didn't, I disqualified myself, right? Because the area in which you're still bound in is the area in which you're, you'd be unable to release anointing and release grace and release a presence in. And so that's the reason why that we process these things. What I love about it is that God chose in His sovereignty and in His goodness, it's the goodness of God that leads us into repentance. That I don't have to just go searching for stuff, but I just have to be open. God, what is it that You want to do in my life? And He just just drops it in your heart to bring. Transformation to you, and this beautiful occurrence took place in my in, in my heart. All of a sudden, I'm in this moment. I'm crying. I you know like I'm feeling all these feelings, and just you know all this stuff's going on. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's like the peace of God just flooded in my room. All of a sudden, it's like there, there was like the the curtain was pulled back, and I can see my son. I can see the glimpse of him. I can see what he looked like. I can see that he resembled his father, just like his physique and everything. And it just brought such peace. Not only peace but it brought healing into my heart. So I literally got healed, friends, of something I didn't even know I needed healing from. Come on. And, here, and here's the truth. The, the Holy Spirit will reveal brokenness, not to expose you, but to heal you. So the Holy Spirit didn't expose that for me. He wanted to heal me. And because he healed me, I can now, it's now a blessing, it's a pool of blessing to other people because I guarantee you there's women in this room, there's men in this room that have encountered a miscarriage or abortion and, and you haven't known how to walk or process through it. And maybe shame, maybe pain, maybe whatever it is has held you captive in that area. And I'm telling you through personal witness and personal testimony that God will bring you through God will bring you through so there is hope there is hope come on there is hope so so just just remember like when you feel something come up maybe even tonight maybe that can that might be a a strong message for a lot of us but there may be other things maybe it's maybe there's resentment that's still in in some of our lives maybe there's unforgiveness in some of our lives maybe there is just you know some undealt with anger whatever whatever the case may be for you that God would reveal that to you not to expose you but his desire is to actually heal you Number two, we must do this. We must resist fear and choose to believe. Going back into verse one, it says it like this. We must let go of every wound that has pierced us in the sin we so easily fall into. I was looking at this like, what is the sin that we so easily fall into? And I believe that the sin we so easily fall into is the sin of unbelief. Doubting God's promises will come to pass. Especially, remember a few moments ago, I asked how many of us have been believing God for promises for a really long time? How many you know that when you believe God and you are believing God for a promise for a really long time, that it can feel a little discouraging? Like, God, when is it gonna happen? Like, I've tithed, I've fasted, I've prayed, I've decreed, I've rejoiced when someone else got blessed and I didn't get blessed, right? And I mean, how many you know what I'm talking about? or maybe that's only my own language. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. So, so like, how, how do you, how do you do that? And the battle is like this. I, my, my greatest struggle in life is not at this stage. It's not about living right, but it's about believing right. Can I continue to believe God for the promises? Can I continue to believe God year after year for the same promise that I've been standing on since day one? Right. Can I continue to have resolve? So the enemy I find that he tries to put us in a place of disbelief. He tries to put us in a place of agreeing with unbelief. And so I believe this sin that so easily ensnares us isn't this grotesque thing, but it's the sin of I'm not going to believe God anymore because I'm, I don't want to be uh, disappointed. <laughs> right? How many, how many know what I'm talking about, right? Think of, it's really interesting. There's a story in in the Bible and there's the the, the ruler who wanted Jesus to go and heal his daughter, right? And you remember how Jesus went to their house and basically the people sit there and say, you know what? It's too late. She's already dead. Just send the teacher home. It's already done. Like, what are you, what are you thinking? And I love what Jesus did. Jesus literally turned to him and said, "Um, you know what? Don't, don't doubt, just believe. Don't doubt, just believe. And the continuation of the stories that we know that Jesus went in and what did he do? He raised her up from the dead. And so there is something to be said that when trials and adversities come your way, will you choose face over fear? And if that's all you have, I love it. Jesus made it simple. He said, don't doubt, just believe. So sometimes we just need to tell ourselves, I choose to believe. I choose to believe, God, that you are gonna bring it to pass. I believe, God, that you will see me through. So many of you know that I'm a missionary. I've been all over the world. And one time I was in the Philippines. And when the Philippines is comprised of like thousands of islands, hundreds of islands. And so we were going from one island to the next. And I had no idea when we got onto this boat what we were signing up for. So we get on, we get on this boat and I, I very quickly noticed that right in the middle is this box. And I'm thinking like, hmm, that's kind of an interesting looking box. It reminds me a little bit of a coffin, but I'm not really sure. And so I asked asked my friend who's, Philippi- who's who's from there, said, what's in that box, by the way? And she's like, oh yeah, that's a coffin. I'm like, oh great. So we're apparently a part of like the mortuary boat company. Like, is this the cheapest ticket we can find? Or, you know, like, how did, how did that happen? I'm like, okay, well, whatever. It's not like too awkward to have a dead body in the boat with you. I mean, That's fine, right? So we're carrying on, and like we're going down, and we're, you know, we're making our way towards this remote island that none of us have ever been to, A little risky, uh, no, no clue what's on the other side of it. Well, wouldn't you know it, like as we're going, all of a sudden there's this much larger boat that began to approach us, and I'm thinking, you know, that's pretty normal. I mean, just boats are out on the open sea, whatever. And all of a sudden I see one of the guys on the boat, he comes up, and he's you know, probably like five foot five, And he's got this little pistol in his hand and he raises his pistol up at this big boat. And so I'm just doing like some, you know, like some reasoning here, like thinking, okay, dude, you're five foot five. You're carrying this little pistol. Our boat is that boat is like 10 times the size of our boat. But you're going to pull them over. So what do you know? He is a police officer. And and, then apparently he decided to arrest this other ship that is a legit pirate ship. Now it gets interesting. So I've got a dead boat, I've got a a little police officer with a little pistol, and now we've got a very big pirate ship that we have no idea what's on the inside of it. And I'm thinking, who in the world, like what pirate in his right mind is gonna just go ahead and relinquish everything he has to a five foot five guy with this little pistol? Right? Like, I mean, come on. Like, it just is kind of a comical thing. And so you're like, there's no way. And so these guys, wouldn't you know it, they, I guess he had an authority that I didn't know and I thank the Lord for that, they, that, that, that all of a sudden here comes this plank and here comes this plank and here comes, he, he goes onto the boat and you're thinking, okay, like what's going to happen? Like, am I going to need to jump off the boat? Are we going to need to just grab a, like a life raft and just start swimming? You know, like I got to save myself somehow, right? Like I'm thinking, calculating the exit routes, pretty much to the left of the boat or to the right of the boat is pretty much what I was thinking. Well, wouldn't you know that he actually carries down one of the pirates onto the boat for a collateral. He arrested the whole thing, but he grabbed one of the pirates and brought, it, brought, it, brought him onto the boat with us. So now I've got a dead body, I've got a police officer that's five foot five with this little pistol, and I've got a pirate on the boat. How many of you know that was not what I was thinking was going to go down that, that day? And I'm thinking, oh Jesus, and, and, and like you can feel like, okay, what's gonna happen? Because she's like, you got all these people in this boat, you don't know what they have. Do they have weapons? Do they have like bazookas? Do they have like cannons? Like I'm thinking like, you know, like pirates of the Caribbean. And all of a sudden I'm wondering like, gosh, am I the next, you know, Elizabeth Swan, you know? Yo ho, yo ho, pirates life for me. Like, like, is that what's my life? Is that what's ahead of me now? What, what's gonna happen? And I'm just thinking, gosh, Jesus. And, and like fear is just screaming in my face. And I'm just like, God, like, what do I do? And and he's just like, would do you trust me? And would you believe me? And so I just said, God, I believe you at your word. God, I believe you that you called me to be here. I believe you that you called me, that, that you're not gonna just cause me to, to die in the middle of this ocean, but that you have a purpose for my life and you have a purpose for where we're going and what we're doing. And so I just had to believe we get to... We, Finally, we get to the destination. No one took us out. Thank God. Everything worked out uh, because I I chose faith over fear. And when we got to the shore, there was a pastor who was waiting for us. And the pastor had tears that were flowing in his eyes because you have to understand, we found out a little bit later, that he had a vision of three ladies from the U.S. coming to him that was going to release a flow of heaven over that island who had never had any Amer- Americans on that soil before. And so had I chose fear, how do you know there would have been a slightly different outcome? I don't know by choosing faith if there was something that was bound up in that other boat. I have no idea what happened there. All I know is that we got safely to our destination. We got off the boat with the pirate, with the dead body and the police officer and said, God bless you, we are out of here. <laughs> so when, con- when, tr- when circumstances are contrary, can you just believe? When circumstances are contrary, can you just believe? It's that simple. Just believe. But you don't understand. No, I didn't understand either. But I had a decision to make to just believe. So we must learn that when circumstances are contrary to start prophesying the promise that we want to see come to pass in our life, instead of like, God, why are you taking so long? God, I thank you for what you are doing. God, I thank you that the promise is going to come to pass. God, I thank you that you've created me to be above and not beneath. I thank you that you called me to be the head and not the tail. God, I thank you that you're causing abundance to come into my life. God, I thank you that you're are bringing reformation into my heart God I thank you that you've raised me up to be a blessing right we begin to speak life over our circumstances over us and we'll find that faith will arise to shift situations in our heart that's how we process that's how we process that's how we process Another area that I think is very common is that there's disappointments, right? The last three years, if you think about it, there have been so many different sorts of setbacks and so many different arenas that people oftentimes don't realize that they're struggling with disappointment. And that's exactly what it says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse three of how don't allow your, so you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. So disappointment, what is that? It's what, what was expected doesn't happen. How many of you can relate to that? <laughs> There's, you know, things that we were expecting that didn't quite happen the way that we thought it was going to happen. And if, if we don't deal with disappointment, and we just bury or we stuff it, what ends up happening is it ends up blocking hope, which hope is the fire starter to your faith. If I'm not hoping, how can I have faith for something? I had to hope that God had a vision and a plan for me to get into that remote island in order for faith to arrive and begin to speak into that circumstance and into a situation that looked completely contrary to bring peace to my soul and to pull us towards our promise, which was that island. So... What, what do we do with, What do we do when there 's disappointing circumstances? I remember having a friend of mine who who she was dying in the hospital a cirrhosis of the liver she 's very young thirty four I was very sad on how that happened and I went every day praying for her. I fasted, I prayed, I went every day I interceded I was believing God for breakthrough and all of it in, in the midst of that, she still ended up dying and How do you know that that 's disappointing it 's disappointing when you know that you stood and you 've done all the things and you fast and you took communion, you did anointing oil, you did back flips, you did front flips, you did everything that you know to do. And then I had a decision to make. Will I still believe God? Will I still believe God for healing? And you can tell in that moment that there's disappointment that was in my heart because it's like it showed up on my face. I was sad. It showed up in the way that I was behaving. It showed up in, in, in all these different arenas. That it was, it, was a, it was a temptation to draw back and not take risks for God anymore. Right? Instead of rising up and saying, God, no, I believe you at your word. I believe you at your promise. I believe that you will do everything that you said that you would do, God. I don't care about my circumstances. I don't care about my experiences. Do not define the word of God. The word of God is true. And I believe you that you are the healer, that you are the restorer, that you are the deliverer, that you are the hope dealer in my life. Come on. So, so how, do we, how do we take these things and how do we process to unlock the promise? Because many of us are believing God for promises. Many of us are believing God for breakthrough. And I believe that God wants to dislodge some pain, some disappointment, and some fear that may have been around your soul. And so number one, you've got to look at what's really going on in your heart. Can you be honest with what's happening in your heart? Can you say, yep, I can see that. Yep, I can feel that. Shelly, as you were talking, I can feel certain things that were coming up for me. Write those things down. That's important for you to recognize what that is because then when you can recognize it, then it's number two. You simply, you surrender it to Jesus. You don't make it complicated. If you're feeling something, you're feeling that there's just this pull and sometimes you might walk away from this message, guys, and you may just need to go home and journal it out. Journal out things and maybe... Put some things to paper and you will find a theme that will that will come from the words that you pen. Number two, once you see it, then you just surrender it to Jesus. It's not hard. It's not complicated. You don't need to set up a deliverance appointment or any of those things, but you just simply you surrender it to Jesus. What do you do in that place? You break agreement with the lie. You break agreement with the unbelief. You break agreement with the spirit. You break agreement with the disappointment. Quit agreeing with the disappointment. Quit agreeing with the fear quit agreeing with the pain the pain isn't it is what it is no it can shift off of your life in Jesus name come on and there's some pain as I said earlier that's just so lodged in your heart that it may take 20 years as it took me before God says all right now I'm going to show it to you because now you're ready to deal with it but when he shows it to you, will you step in and say, God, yes, I'm going to deal with it. I'm willing to deal with it. Then what do you do? Then you renounce it. Renounce that this is no longer a part of me. You come out of agreement of it is what it is. Come out of agreement with it is no big deal. Or come out of agreement of I don't go there. No, I do go there because God is going to restore me there. And then I'm going to be, I'm, it's going to be a blessing and a refreshing to me. And it's going to be a blessing to other people. I can't tell you guys how many people that i ministered to you along the lines of miscarriage and abortion since that time hundreds of people have literally come up to the altar and literally received life transforming ministry all because god i said yes and moved into that place of pain and allowed god to restore my heart so if god is no respecter of persons what he did for me he will certainly do for you as well amen the other thing you do is this. You, you, we process through worship. When you don't know what to do and you're in that place and maybe you're home and you, you journal some things out, you get, put on some worship, find some songs that really resonate with your own heart. That you, how do you know that it resonates? Is that oftentimes tears is what, it's, it's the language of the heart. When you find that there's a tear flow, then that means it's tapped into your heart and that's the place where God wants to bring healing and restoration into your soul. Believe and expect that his freedom will come to you, whatever that is, wherever it is. So if we would just take a moment, every eye closed, we're coming coming into a landing for, for this evening. Some tonight, maybe the arrow tip that you've carried around is that one that you've never fully surrendered every area of your life to Jesus. Well, I'm here to tell you that tonight is your night. Or maybe you feel far from him because of the disappointments that you've experienced recently or maybe even in the past. Maybe there's just pain that you've struggled with and so you've done what you know to do and you've, you've, you've come into the house of God, but you feel far from God. So whatever that arrow tip is for you, I'm telling you that, you, that Jesus tells us that this, that his body was torn to give us fresh and open access into his presence so would you surrender to Jesus today? If you if you're saying I need to let go and surrender my life to Jesus, or or I feel far from Jesus, and and I need to reconnect, I want to have fresh access into his into His presence, into the kingdom of God. All over this room, wherever you are, would you just lift up your hand? Would you just be bold enough to lift up your hand? God bless you. 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 God bless you, God bless you in the back. God bless you over here on the on the left. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for every hand that was raised. Everyone, would you just pray with me? Jesus, I come to you right now. I turn from my ways, and I surrender to you. Thank you for saving me and setting me free. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And right now, I command the devil to get off of my life. In Jesus' name, amen 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 come on best decision of your life would, would you all just stand with me there may be others in this room that you're carrying around other arrow tips if you will maybe it's tips of pain maybe it's fear maybe it's disappointments maybe some of you are like me who had that Healing that took place just several months ago. And maybe you, and this can be for guys or for girls, really. If there's an area of just the miscarriage abortion any of those things like honestly there's no condemnation there's just restoration that is made available to you so maybe for others maybe it's resentment maybe others it's just you know that there's an issue and, and guys you're getting ready to go to emerge next week and you're thinking through already shoot like the burden you know you you're carrying your burden like all of those things and maybe there's just one thing what's what's the one thing tonight that you would like God to shift what's the what's the one thing if there's one thing that you can say like God if you can touch me like you touched her, like I'm all in, like I want that. God, I want restoration tonight. Our ministry team is going to come forward. And I wonder how many of you uh, would b- b- say like, that's me. There's something in my life that I know that God wants to touch, that that, uh, that I want him to shift in my life. All over this room, would you just lift up your hand so that I know who we're praying for tonight? Say, all over this room, there's so many of us that we're believing God for transformation. So I'm going to pray corporately. We're going to invite our ministry team down here, uh, if you guys would just join us. And uh, I want you to come out of your seat. Uh, if you're saying, Yep, I want something to shift tonight. I'm believing the presence of God is with me and upon me right now. All of you, that's what you're saying in your heart. Would you just make your would you make your way out of your seat? Would you make your way out of your seat tonight? We're gonna we're gonna close up and open up the altar, but I wanna make sure that everyone who's wanting ministry tonight, that God didn't just send me here, just preach a nice message, but he sent me here to to show you that there's a pro, there's a promise, a process, and that there's there's things that God is wanting to, to, to loose out of your life. There's things that he wants to set you free from, that you don't have to leave tonight the same way that you came in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for the power of your presence that is upon your sons and your daughters. God, I thank you that you're here to bring transformation and reformation, God. Lord, we come before you right now and we we acknowledge the areas, God, that we need transformation, God. We, we acknowledge the areas of pain, the areas of, of fear, of disappointment, Father. We thank you for the power of your presence that shifts these things off of our lives in the mighty name